everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 327. Yeah. AD 223. That was, uh, I guess, a very formal way of, uh, of saying well, what year it was. <laughs> well, and honestly, I still feel like we're in 2020. Mm. Like we're still kind of in this. I, I do miss, I do miss the good old reselling days. And we're in the good old reselling We, we are, we are, we it, are. It, it's but. The, I, I don't want to, I, I, I miss the easy days. Yeah. That's a hard part too, is though it's, there was, there was easy in that sense, but, but at the same time, I don't know, there's, there's other ways that reselling is easier now than it, than it's ever been. And we've talked oh, about hundred percent. So, that is true. That so, is true. So I just think like, we just got to keep going. Like it, when you start to look, I think it, with a bigger perspective, like, cause we have, and I think it's important to everyone small go like micro, like what's happening in the, in like the course of months, years, what's happening right now in economic cycles. But if we look like long-term, like this is something we're doing for our life. We're, we're resellers or we're just trying to be successful making money. When you look at things a little bit more long-term, it's like, it's going to be fine. Like we're going to be fine. Oh, I agree. So, so, I agree. Yeah. You just got to hold on. Yeah. It's got to keep going. I think there's going to be a lot of, of good things this year. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for, I'm excited for some uh, reselling, and, and this is our first update episode of 2023. It is. So, it is. yeah, not 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 like a uh, because it's so early in 2023, we're not going to have a lot of like this is how 2023 has been so far. But I think we get to kind of set the the tone. So uh, maybe let us know in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, go on over there and, and give us a like and subscribe and, and let us know in the comments. Um, what are what are some of the things you're looking forward to 2023? How is uh how has the start of the year been for you? We're a few weeks into it. Uh, we're kind of in that returnuary. If you were doing a lot of that Amazon game, even some with eBay, uh, Q4 has kind of ended. We're kind of moving into the next cycle of things. Taxes are coming up. Like what what are you anticipating? What are you thinking about? Uh, how's it going? Let us know in the comments below. And uh, and if you've got ideas of things you want us to talk about in this upcoming year. Uh, let us know in the comments below and we can try and make some uh, episodes about it. Agreed. Agreed. So do you want to, do you want to update first? Do you want me to update first? Yeah. I mean, I don't have uh, tons of updating my sales. I mean, a couple of things that, that I've been trying to balance. So I've kind of shifted. We had a lot going on sickness the last few weeks. And then we had like a big move we did. And uh, right now my wife is very, very pregnant. We're probably in the next four weeks or so, four to five weeks are going to have our third child. Time has flown by. It really has. Um, but with all that being said, there's been things where it's it, because we're part-time, it's been easy to say like, we'll just throw the, the the eBay store on vacation mode for a little bit. We got this move we've got to do, throw it on vacation mode, or we've got, you know, stuff going on. We're sick, throw it on vacation mode. We've got to go travel vacation mode. The hard part with that, or not even necessarily, I'm saying vacation mode, but like we've mentioned before, we kind of just extend the the timeline mm -hmm. is a little bit easier to do for those things or uh, that way you're still getting sales, but they do reduce. They do. You, you get fewer sales when you're have the longer before you're going to ship out. That being said, I've been a little bit more stressed out about, am I going to be able to keep my top rated seller? Mm. Now that hasn't been something I've worried about. In fact, I, got, I, I feel like I got top rated seller pretty quickly without having to 
worked that hard for it. Um, but I do know it is an accomplishment. There's a lot of people who've you know worked really hard to try and get there. And the metrics for the top-rated seller has to do with a 12-month period of time, number of transactions, uh, along with a, a certain amount of sales, along with a certain metrics in certain categories of defaults. Like, mm-hmm. do you have fewer than X percentage of defaults or returns? Defects. Um, yeah, defects. And do you have have you made a certain number of sales in a 12-month period? Which again is no problem, but then because of the way like a 12-month period works, if you go a month where you don't have sales, then that almost becomes like a, a thing you've got to deal with throughout the year, mm. right? Yeah, you're always playing catch-up. And if you've had two of those in a year, maybe it wasn't so bad because the year before, you know, your February was fine, but then now as you're moving into this next year and and you did something else in, in December, and now the, those two things are both kind of combining it could really mess you up and you can get into a place where you're trying to, yeah, like play catch up to, to keep that. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm going to do is I, I don't think I'm going to lose it. I think I'm going to be able to keep it. But since one of my goals going into this year is to pretty much fire sell most of my stuff, I want, I want when I move, uh, my, my goal is to move to Texas. I want when I move to not be traveling with as much inventory as I have, about half. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'd like to move about half of my inventory and only move the stuff that's the most valuable. So I want to sell as much as I can, even if that means I'm making much smaller amount of profit. My ROI is smaller on each item because uh, I'd rather get there with the money in hand. Yeah. Cash heavy is definitely the way to go in 2023. Yeah. I mean, cash heavy. And then plus two, there's all the other expenses that are involved. Like if I have to make another trip from Texas to California with a trailer and you start to add up gas and you start to add up time and like three days of driving, like okay how much can i fit in this trailer would it be worth the you know two thousand dollars i i could make if i long-tailed all those items as opposed to if i just sold them closer to cost i maybe it's worth just doing that and not have that extra trip and all of the expenses that can come along with that so i'm thinking i'm going to really just put a lot of my stuff on sale um get all of my death piles listed just to get that activity going uh, and then be okay with kind of a little bit above break even point on, on on enough items to give me a bigger buffer that I'm not worried about the losing top rated seller as it comes into okay it's summertime summer slowdown we're in the middle of a move we've got our third child and it gives us that freedom to say if we need to again all right let's put a store on vacation mode for a few weeks but I, I kind of need to get like a good buffer of sales in now in order to to give me that freedom. So uh, that's something I want to do. And it's not that I haven't been reselling. It's just my focus hasn't been on eBay as much. I've done a lot more um, local to local deals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just because there's been some benefits for me for that. Um, I have a little bit more space where I'm at right now. So I've been able to get some bigger items, uh, list them on offer up, sell them on offer up. I'm closer to the like freeway meetup point where everybody meets in my town. So it, it's like, five minutes for me to get there. You, you have to deal with a couple of flakes, but it's like cash in your pocket right then. You're not worrying about fees. You're not worrying about all of those shipping. And and so I've been doing a lot of that, but then I've been thinking, man, like if those sales had been on eBay, I would be less worried about losing top rated seller. So there's the benefit of that, but of, of doing local, there's lots of benefits doing local sales. There's problems too, flakes and things, but um, I, I definitely need to, I think, ramp up my eBay sales just a little bit in order to give me that like breathing room of, okay, I'm not going to lose top rated seller anytime this year or hopefully ever. Yeah. And I appreciate you keeping it real. You know, it, it, it's not a confession, but again, if you're listening for the first time, you're probably wondering like, why am I going to listen to a podcast? 
about somebody who's about to lose their top rated seller. And By the way, I don't think I'm going to lose it. No, I just, no. I, 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 I want to make sure that I don't. Right. It's like yeah. one of those things where. But, you know, the, a new person's probably listening. And here's the thing. This podcast always started as a document of what we do in reselling. And so Mike has been a part time reseller since day one. I've been a full time reseller since day one. Now, if I was saying I may lose my top rated seller. Yeah. I'm, then it's I, time for us to shut down. Pretty yeah, soon. I think I'd stop doing the podcast. I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Orlando? I know, I know. You're supposed to be reselling. So I, I have to. I can't pay the bills if I don't resell. So I, I appreciate Mike sharing that. And that's that's the beauty of being part time, though. Yeah. The fact that when you're part time, you can make those adjustments when you need to. Uh, you can take a break and say, you know what, I need to focus on my family or maybe maybe other financial opportunities arise. Right. Maybe maybe you end up picking a, another hustle that is a lot easier and then gives you another stream of income. Yeah. I and mean, that's part of it, too, is I mean, even even over this last being a teacher over the last uh, couple of years, I've had the opportunity to do a couple of Saturday things and then also summer school. And I told somebody actually on on YouTube on a YouTube comment just the other day. Um, they were asking like, how do we value our time? And for me, I've kind of come up with a number of like, I want to try and make minimum $50 an hour Mm. whenever I'm doing some kind of a side gig, Mm -hmm. because that's, to me, that's what I'm worth. If I'm going to, if somebody asks me to help them like to tutor them or to tutor their kid, if they're preparing for the SATs, um, if I'm going to do some reselling, if I'm going to do, it's it's like $50 an hour is kind of like what I feel like I'm worth when it comes to those things, like a minimum. And as I'm looking at things, because if I do summer school right now, I'm making more than $50 an hour and it's like the easiest job in the world. So when I'm decide, okay, do I want to resell a little bit harder over the summer or do summer school? Well, I could make more money reselling, but there's a lot of hustle and grind and I pretty much just go and babysit for pretty good money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's other ways of making money. And when you get to the point, one of the comments that I made on that was if I notice that that value starts to go down, like if I'm reselling super hard for like $30 an hour, it's almost not worth it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather spend time with my family at $30 an hour than to be hustling and grinding because I've set our, us up where that's the case. We can do mm-hmm. that. If we were trying to pay off a bunch of debt and we were really trying to make ends meet, I'd gladly work for $15 an hour if that's what mm-hmm. it took. But I'm at a place where I don't need to do and work that hard. So yeah, you can, when you're part-time and you've set yourself up like that, you can kind of say, Hey, I've my hourly rate is kind of, it's been around $60, $70 an hour of the stuff I'm buying and flipping. And now it's down to about $25 an hour. Well, your two options are figure out a way to become more profitable, whether it's sourcing differently, figuring out how to be quicker, reducing expenses, whatever it is. Um, or is it worth the $25 an hour I'm making right now? Or would I rather just spend time with family and go back to reselling when it's a little more profitable for me? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, when you're full-time like you are, you don't, really have that option you kind of just have to land make it, for it work a little bit you know it's uh we go back and forth about you know and we have a lot of young listeners about should i go to college or or even you know you're in your 30s or 40s you're considering should i go back to school and one of the benefits of that is that <laughs> it gives you another option right so for example you know i i got my master's degree i don't know 15 years ago something like that it's been a it's been a minute but that has perpetually always paid off Right. So either, you know, every once in a while I'll get I'll get a school that will pick me up and they want me to do some consulting, whether it be, you know, helping teachers or whether it be, you know, how to, you know, help us set up our school, help us to be uh, successful. Or, you know, I do get every once in a while, you know, I I do teach in the homeschool community and I'll get people that will hire me to tutor. and, And I love it. And it's it's not a lot of leverage. Right. I don't have to go and source an item. I don't have to 
go and and deal with returns of customers i just i i'm in a room and i'm tutoring somebody on a on a subject of history that i'm passionate about and it's you know it's it's not difficult to do right and so that degree that i that i earned you know 15 years ago and then my undergrad that i earned 20 years ago like i'm still getting paid for that now obviously taking on student debt and all that you know is not a good thing but anyways i i always want people to understand that like people are so gun ho about you know well i'm i'm not going to go to college i'm not going to get a degree i'm not going to do anything cuz it's not going to make me money well you got to be wise about it right don't go and Go to school for something that's not going to pay in the end. Yeah, I still think a trade jobs better though. No, I, I listen. I don't argue with that. I, I I came across a former student of mine the other day, and he's a welder, and he's and he's making way more. He's doing work. really well. I had a kid who was sixteen when I was teaching. This was about back in '09, and he was making more money on the weekends than I was a teacher because he knew how how to drive a bulldozer, mm. how to clear land, and so he'd pick up all these jobs. And he actually bought me a car. So he was actually doing yeah. pretty well. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, so things have been, I, I don't even know. I don't even have words. I wish, you know, I, I keep saying, and I'll keep saying this again. No one knows. No one knows about 2023. No, YouTube, every, you, you know, there's all these YouTubers trying to get a handle on. It's going to be a great year. All these YouTubers saying it's going to be a terrible year. There's, you know, it, there's a, no one knows. We don't know. Our own government doesn't know. No one knows. But what I do know is that in reselling, buying low and selling high is the primary rule. I also know that I have to make sales, so I have to make deals. I also know I have to have consistent inventory that I can source. So with that being said, you know, Q4, and we'll, talk, we'll have a whole episode about Q4 right now. Not right now, but in a week. But... It was kind of interesting because I had better sales the days that followed Christmas than I had the days leading up to Christmas, which maybe is people had, you know, gift cards or maybe people felt comfortable now. I, I don't know what it was, but what ended up happening is the day after Christmas, sales exploded. Like, I don't know what happened, but I had like these consistent days of of sales on eBay and I just all day I would just, you know, I would pack something because, you know, I wasn't doing much and my kids and I were hanging out and at home. And so someone would tell I'd pack it, you know, minutes later, someone else would tell. And eventually I got to a place where I, all right, I'm not going to pack anything. I'm just going to do it all at once, uh, which is good practice. But sometimes I just like getting out of the way. And so things were went really well. And then the day after New Year's, I had a terrible terrible like I, I think it was a zero sale day Ooh. which has happened only once in my entire i think five years of being full-time only twice only twice i'm not sure what happened i'm not sure if ebay went down which i'm sure it didn't and i say this all the time and you know if you just listen to our our uh, previous uh, monday minisode where we talk about the idea that you know you need to stay focused on your own business because you may think things are terrible and then you go looking for it, right? You'll go to YouTube and you'll start searching like, you know, why are eBay so slow? And you're going to you're going to hear the echo chamber that you want. But reality is somebody's doing really well on eBay when you're doing really bad. So I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to keep going. And, and, you know, sales just died. I don't know what happened. I had three terrible days and then things started picking up again, back to kind of normal levels. And I'm not sure what's going on. I, I will say, I do think this is just my speculation. 
I had some big dollar returns. They weren't like massive. You know, one was 180, another was another, I think 160. But I do find that whenever I have either a lot of returns or a few big dollar returns, that things just die. And maybe, you know, the algorithm's feelings get hurt and they're, you know, the algorithm's like, all right, I'm not going to send more sales this way because people are returning items. I'm not sure what happens. But there was two other times this past year that that happened in 2022. One was uh, I had an inauthentic claim on a Gucci bag and that killed my sales. I had another inauthentic claim on a pair of Nike shoes, killed my sales. And then I had a week, I had a I $800 uh, master's tournament jacket that was returned. And then I had another uh, 800 sale that got returned and my sales died. So again, speculation, we don't know. Uh, but that's what happened. So what I've been doing in the meantime, well, I'm just sorting through my death piles. I have a lot of free inventory that have been death piles because it was free. So I didn't feel the urgency to make that money back. I wasn't worried about it. Uh, but you know, since sales were slow, I'm like, it's time for me to sort through all of this. And I learned again, the valuable lesson that just cause it's free, it doesn't mean it's worth your time. Mm. Right. So I sorted out through several boxes, threw a bunch of stuff out. And recognize, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I basically, this is what happens with people that clean out estates. This is what happens when people that clean out storage lockers is that maybe they're looking for that 10%. Maybe we'll get lucky where everything's worth money. That does happen. But sometimes, you know, there's, there is that, you know, 50, 60, sometimes 80, 90% of stuff that just wasn't worth picking up or you don't know what to do with it. And that's what I'm dealing with now. I have a lot of, I have a lot of antique stuff and a lot of slow selling stuff. That I, you know, I've tossed some of it uh, because it's not like stuff you can necessarily donate. Uh, some of the stuff I may donate, uh, but, uh, you know, I've been sorting through that. So that's been good. And then I went to some thrift stores and then I was reminded why I don't go to thrift stores mm. just because it's it's crazy. I don't yeah. know. At least in our area. At least in our area. I, I don't know if you're, you're a San Diego listener. Uh, let us know in the comments if you do your main sourcing through thrift stores. Now, I do know there's a couple in our area that are, are pretty good. Are, are, I would say really good. And those won't, we won't share on social media. We already made a pact with San Diego sellers that we're not doing that. <laughs> I'll see them at that store and they're like, now, 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 Orlando, you know, you can't do an Instagram story here. And I'm like, yes, I get it. I know I won't. But I, I do believe that, you know, you, we if if your stores, and I think this is nationwide, if your store is just obnoxious you got to get out of the thrift stores you have to i think it's only going to get worse just because if everything that we read if you listen to our reselling during a recession episode we had mentioned how in 08 thrift stores thrived they boomed in business and even now people will say that they'll go into thrift stores and there's all kinds of people and the reason i bring this up is well if there's a lot of people in there and thrift stores are moving that inventory the prices aren't going to go down they, they may even go up because you know people are looking for items. So that's kind of been where things are at. Uh, I, you know, I am hopeful about 2023. I don't think it's going to be uh, a terrible year as long as I adapt, as long as I, you know, find stuff for cheap, as, as long as, you know, sales keep coming through. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. I just, you know, we go through these valleys as resellers and we begin to question what we're doing. And then out of nowhere, we'll get a day of great sales and we're like, oh yeah, it's not that bad. So that's what I'm anticipating. I just anticipating there's going to be lots of up and downs this year. 
Uh, it's not going to be a consistent all the way through of bad or consistent all the way through of good. I just think it's going to be peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys in 2023. It's good stuff. Now there is something that is consistent and it's American bubble boy. Yeah. So if you haven't received the honor of getting your bubble boy wrap in a day or two days for free or local pickup, give them a shot, go to the link below uh, go through that link and and my favorite always is the seven not seven foot roll. Wasn't that crazy if it was a seven foot roll? That'd be too big. It's a four foot roll. Uh, it's seven hundred square feet and it's a uh, thirty nine ninety nine. Prices have not gone up even with inflation. And everything it's and it's free shipping. So check them out AmericanBowlBoy It's a great deal. Oh, I didn't mention this to you. I, we do have a seller tip that they called in. Are we equipped to do that? Yeah, not right now. Not not this episode. No. Okay. episode. <laughs> but they had a bowl wrap tip. I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah. And plus, we don't want to put that tip with our our sponsor, American Bubble Boy. No. We're gonna separate those. <laughs> it was out gonna a be bit. out later in the episode. It's still by American Bubble Boy. But you know, sometimes if you can find an opportunity, find that opportunity. That's you right. got to keep it real. So, are right, you got any random stories? Yeah. Kind of just a. Uh, continuation on that that miniatures thing so they finally came in super excited i was tracking it on fedex for a while which was interesting um being like from the the buyer's perspective of like watching an item and then it's like on the truck out for delivery finally and then all of a sudden it says like delayed and then they change the date to the next day and it's like like still eight o'clock in the morning and i'm like wait a minute how did it go from on the truck out for delivery to delayed to we'll try tomorrow like so I can imagine being a customer sometimes and you're just watching that because a lot of times we just send something out and then you just forget about it. Unless yeah, it's like, unless it's somebody not, messages you. Yeah. They message and say like, why hasn't this arrived yet? Or if it's like a really expensive item that you're like, I've got to make sure this gets to the customer mm-hmm. and you're tracking it. Uh, but usually you just forget about it. But like kind of reminding myself like what it's like to be a customer, like wanting something. So I finally got my miniatures. And if you don't know the story, go back oh, a couple of goodness. episodes. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, but I, I bought several boxes of of these miniatures from a Kickstarter. And it's really weird because part of me is like, okay, do I want to list them right away on eBay? Because they're, they're still not they're the, the American customer base is just now getting these in their hands over the last few days. And so there's not very many listed on eBay. The thing, though, that's kind of interesting to me is there have been maybe two or three full sets listed on eBay. A couple are listed high and like a couple of people listed really low, like 140 bucks. And they sold the set for $140. I'm like, I think you can get like 300 for these. Mm. So I'm like, is this one of those things where like people are already going to try and race to the bottom or... Am I going to let a couple of those knuckleheads sell for really cheap? And then is the price going to go up to 300? But then eventually the, the market get flooded. So it's like I'm almost playing that like timing game of like I should just list it now, list it for the price I think I'm going to get. Um, so it's not like Amazon where I'm going to be adjusting it super, you know, quite often throughout. But then still wondering there's going to come a point when I'm going to have to pull the lever and just offload these if the, the price starts tanking. Because I think that the warehouse that was holding them has like an extra 800 sets that they were able to get as part of the deal in order to pay off the debt that was owed to them. And they're going to start releasing these. I don't know whether that's they're going to not re- very many, though. I mean, it's not very many, but you got to figure like the there's probably like a couple thousand people that are like dying to get this product that missed mm. the Kickstarter. So it's not like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. Now, it's still a good deal for there's hundreds of thousands of people who play games like D&D and stuff that would be interested in this. But it's, a, you know, it's a if, unless there's somebody who follows Kickstarter and knows what to look for. They wouldn't even know to look for these. Right. So. 
I think the the demand is going to be pretty good, but just there's not so many people after them. So, uh, but what I am noticing is a lot of people are selling them mostly from Australia. Uh, that have been selling them instead of as full kits, selling them as like individuals or sets. So like the way the sets are set up is each box would have like 200 and some odd miniatures in it. And so there's like five werewolf miniatures and five vampire miniatures and five, you know, were rats and five guards and five, like whatever the the things are. And so people are selling them either as individuals or like just those, like, well, five of the gargoyles, right? And they'll sell those in like a, you know, eight bucks or nine bucks. Hmm. And so I'm like, maybe, maybe that's a route to do too. So maybe I'll list most of them as full sets and then open, crack one open and sell them off as like individuals. Okay. Um, because then that kind of gets that momentum going in your store. I might end up stuck with half of them that just aren't high sellers that people aren't after. And they just, I'm stuck with a bunch of extra miniatures. But if you're a gamer, like I am, there's always things you can do with them. But yeah, just interested and in see how this, this saga goes, how much money I'm going to ultimately make off of this. But uh, to actually have the miniatures in my hand now, it's just like such a good feeling. And they're about to go up and hopefully not too many people decide to list them super cheap. Because again, it, they were such a good deal. Like I bought several boxes and I'm sure there's many other people who did the same. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted one for themselves, but it was a good enough deal that they're like, yeah, I'll buy like an extra six boxes of this stuff. And then they get them and they're like, what am I going to do with this stuff? I guess I'll put them up on eBay. Yeah. Oh, it looks like everyone's listing them for $300. I'll list mine for 200 just because they have a bunch, they're just trying to offload them. Now, is it possible as something that will do well the following Q4? It could, it could. I mean, it it, it might. Um, but then it's one that's one of those things. Like maybe, maybe I just set it at the price I'd be happy with and just let it ride. Mm. Um, but who knows? The market, the market, I guess, can't get too flooded over time because they've only created so many of them and they're never going to make more. So in that sense, you know, it could be in like the next five years that they're worth ten times what they are right now. So who knows? Hmm. Uh, but uh, I've got them. And it's uh, it's it's starting. The money's gonna start coming in. Yeah, the, the, we got one more step. It's gonna be when they sell. Yeah, and then I'm just gonna be dancing in the money. <laughs> let it rain. <laughs> let it rain. All right. So I had my first bonanza debacle. Mm. So if you don't know what bonanza is, bonanza is another reselling platform that is the easiest place to cross post. They have not paid us for this post. I keep asking them to sponsor us, and they just won't. But maybe it's because we talk about them already for free. But uh, I want to keep it real with you guys because I think it's a great platform. You can just import all, all your eBay listings and automatically when an item sells on Bonanza, it'll pull it from the eBay, your eBay store. Or if it sells on eBay, it'll pull it from Bonanza. So somebody had bought a pair of, of Hoka shoes uh, for over 100 bucks. It was a nice sale. It was great. And for whatever reason, Bonanza emails don't show up. I don't get messages from Bonanza. And this person was like blowing up my uh, message box in, in, on Bonanza for like four or five days. And then out of nowhere, I, in my email, I get this email from PayPal that a case has been opened. I'm like, what, what is this? Like PayPal? I don't do business with PayPal. You know, because you you're not, it's not on, you know, what's PayPal? I mean, PayPal, you know, eBay. did away still with. like 2019. Yeah. <laughs> and I look and it's like, they're, they're claiming. So it's a case that was open because somebody bought a pair of shoes and they thought it was new. Uh, but they were used and they're doing an item not described on PayPal. And what I can't stand about PayPal is they automatically put that money on hold. They don't let the case get resolved. They don't do any of that. And so I look at it and sure enough, this person didn't read the description. Like maybe they didn't even look at the pictures. I mean, they were used. It said used. 
It said pre-owned. I mean, all of it was there. And so they opened this case and, you know, and so now I'm messaging this person and I'm saying, Hey, sorry, I've been out of t- town. I don't get bonanza messages. You know, I'll resolve this for you. And so now I have to, I have to go to PayPal and I have to tell them what exactly happened. And the item was actually used. They just missed it on the listing. Then I had to create a label on pirate ship. And then on bonanza, I had to email the, I had to message Do you, do you have returns set on bonanza? You do, but Bonanza has nothing set up to do a return via Bonanza. Then why do the return? Like you'd probably win the case. No, because it because right? no because you 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 can't like you have the option of accepting returns on Bonanza, and you have that set. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, which has never been a problem. So then I had to go on Pirate Ship, and I had to you know get a label. Then I had to ask the person on Bonanza, "Can you?" Send me an email and they sent me an email. I emailed them. Hopefully those shoes will show up. And I appealed with PayPal. I said, hey, can you just make sure that you don't take my money until I can confirm that I got the item and that it's as it was shipped. And then PayPal hasn't gotten back to me. And so, you know, there's just a hundred something dollars in limbo. And so, yeah, be careful with Bonanza. I I, I will say I'm going to email Bonanza and, and, and they do listen to you. They will get back to you. I'm going to say you, you need to have something set up uh, for returns or, you know, pirate ship. You know, be nice on pirate ship is when you create a label on pirate ship, if there was an option to click set up a return label, because there isn't that option. You have to create a whole new eBay label that you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it just it's it, it's really funky when you're dealing with a return almost off platform. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I would I think I would. We've talked about the benefit of having returns and then potentially free returns i'm on of the belief of just having returns not free returns for ebay even though there's benefits to having free returns but on bonanza or some if it was like a third party or an off party uh, off platform program that you were doing for returns i think i would just put the the burden on the customer like sure i'll do returns but you're gonna have to ship the item back to me. You're gonna have to figure out how to get it back to me and once you get it back to me then i'll pay you you get your money back well i could do that I mean, I could not ship them a label. Yeah. But then PayPal will still take my money and they'll keep the shoes. I'm just trying to get the shoes back now. But are you sure PayPal is going to side with them? (laughs) The history of PayPal, in my experience, has been they side with the buyer way more than eBay ever does. Like the the PayPal is horrendous. PayPal even says there's, there's a little statement on that case and says, uh, due to some law, it could it's very possible that the buyer may never return the item and they'll still get refunded. <laughs> they actually say that. So based on that, I, I'm just trying to get those shoes back. So I don't mind paying, you know, $12 for a label to get shoes that I can flip again for 80 to 90 bucks. So anyways, and then here's a funny one. I always say this. If, if somebody is very willing to take something off your hands right away you just got to be careful so i had sourced a bunch of sports illustrated for kids magazine uh, about i don't know eight months ago or something and on the instagram story i said hey you know what unfortunately these are older ones that have the really valuable because the reason that people like these sports illustrated for kids car uh, magazines is because they have uncut card sheets in them and some of these are like rookie cards. Mm. So they could be like a rookie Tiger Woods or they could be 
I don't know, rookie, anybody, name any athlete right now is successful. And it could have like a rookie one from their college days or even when they were young. And so these are highly sought after. Now the car market has gone down, but you know, people are still looking for these cards. So I remember I, I picked these all up and I paid $5 at a garage sale. And I'll never forget, somebody had messaged me and said, hey, I know these weren't the magazines you're looking for. If you're just trying to offload them, like, just let me know. I'll pay for the shipping. You can send them to me. The moment that person messaged me that, I'm like, wait a second. Like, who? why would somebody be so willing? Like, oh, I'm just a collector? Like, no, there, there's, there's more. So, unfortunately, I left those in a death pile and they just sat there. They were there for months. So, like I said, I've been going through my older inventory. And uh, I pull out these uh, these magazines and I'm like, wait a second. I start looking at comps and yeah, these are selling, you know, some sell for like eight bucks, 10 bucks, some sell for like 50 bucks. I have 40 of these. Hmm. So let's say I sold, let's say I sold 20 of them for $20. That's $400. They turn five into 400. Now I do have to take pictures and pack it and ship it. But it's just, it's just money that was sitting there. And so I'm like, wait a second, this person knew what they're doing. Cause what they do is, so you'll sell these magazines to other resellers and then these resellers will hold on to them because of the cards that are there. Mm. And then once a card goes up in value, they'll just go to the card sheet, they'll cut it and they'll list it mm. or they'll already cut all of them, get them graded and then list them. So you may sell a magazine for 20 bucks and another reseller will turn that magazine sale into a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, depending on who the people are on the cards. So it was just an interesting moment. You know, I always say, do your due diligence. I uh, always know, especially if you're dealing with social media, if people are very willing to buy something right away, do a little bit more research. Luckily I didn't ship that off. I would have never known by the way. So it wouldn't have mattered, but now I know. And I just sold one for only 16 bucks, but I, only, I paid five bucks for 40 and I sold one for 16. So I'll be good. I'll be good. So Hey, uh, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on all platforms except Twitter. On Twitter, we are Pure Hustle Cast. Uh, if you have, and we are verified too on Twitter. Oh gosh! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Hey, I just I want to see what options there are if you're verified. So he says you'll be able to post longer videos. What if we start? You know what we haven't done is we haven't put our podcast on Facebook. So what if Twitter allows that? Right? Just saying. Never know. I believe when business people run businesses and they want to see profit, that that's a that's better than what was there before. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, I have no problem with Twitter. I just don't know if like that's our market for like this. You, you know never I mean? know. You know, it's like TikTok. No one thought the reselling market would be on TikTok, but there are so many resellers on TikTok, and I I don't think we've posted on TikTok since maybe November. Yeah, there you go. So, and if it gets taken down, then it doesn't matter. So, all right. Hey, you could always shoot us an email, Pierce the podcast at gmail.com. That's Pierce the podcast at gmail.com or call us 619 738 619-738-1170. We will play your message on the air if it's relevant to what we're discussing. Uh, unfortunately, today, you know, I kind of just sprung that on Mike. I should have told them earlier about that. Uh, and also, if you haven't had a chance, jump on over to YouTube. Uh, would love to hit, uh, you know, at the least 10k subscribers this year and every single one of you that listens to the podcast if you haven't caught the youtube jump on over just hit that subscribe button uh the more if especially if we get 10k it opens up a lot of doors for us so we'd love to be there soon and also if you haven't had a chance jump on over to itunes reviews we are the uh 
you know, highest rated and most rated uh, reselling podcast on iTunes, uh, which doesn't say we're like huge, but you know, we're at 660. Would love to be at 700 uh, by the end of January. I know I'm thinking big. That would mean just 40 of you would have to go over and give positive reviews about the podcast, and we'd be in the 700 club. Not not the seven that 700 club, but in the 700 club of reviews. So yeah. some of you know what I'm talking about. So definitely right. not in that 700 club. All right. But I uh, appreciate every single one of you that tune in and listen. And uh, one more thing. Appreciate all your support. It's funny. Um, There was a discussion on our discord and somebody was looking at ways to make back their money. Mm. Right. I don't know if you caught that one uh, of the cost of the discord. Mm. And a lot of people were saying, well, hey, just five bucks to be on the discord. Like is, is definitely a deal. And not only that, but you're paying five bucks for, uh, for no one's paying for this podcast, but it allows us to continue making the podcast. And so $5 is a small cost to say, Hey, thank you, Mike and Orlando for the podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you for the quality sound. Thank you for the quality content uh, and the research that goes into every episode. And so if you ever want to, you know, partner with us, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, there is a link below. And uh, just for five fifty five a month, you can support us on the lowest tier, and that gives you access to the Discord, which has all kinds of information. And I think Mike and I, in a few months, are probably gonna have to branch out <coughs> that uh, that Discord and make it a little bit bigger. Do you have some math you're gonna introduce here? Yeah. Well, a couple of things. Like one, that that conversation, the person was actually talking about the wrong Discord. They ended oh, up saying like, what? "You didn't catch that." that. Yeah, yeah. No, they were like, "Oh, th- so sorry. Like this was a, a, meant to be a comment for a different Discord." Like. <laughs> It's definitely worth it. So, I actually gave them suggestions. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Same here. But, um, but yeah, they, they were like, funny. that was not what we were talking about. But, uh, I always make fun of you for how, like how, how much is it a day? Look, 18 it's, cents. It's, it's five fifty five a month. We don't need to break it down, but it's 18 cents a day. Or somebody told us it's only 0.0001574 cents a second. There you go. There you go. And so it, it, look at that. You can't even, I don't think you can buy Shiba Inu at that cost right now. So, you know, there you go. So anyway, and, and guess what? You'll get better returns by the discord than by investing Shiba Inu at the moment. Unless that, yeah. unless that explodes in February. So anyways, thank you for all your support. Jump on over uh, to patreon.com slash Puroso podcast. All right. We already talked about some, uh, some important things here. Yeah, the most important things. And <laughs> and what makes it the most important is that it is reseller news, which you, for some reason, like to call topics. But this is the news of what's happening in the reselling world. And so, uh, da, 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 da. We'll here we go. I got it. Gin Zers are moving to eBay. eBay International shipping updates. And sealed VHS being money laundering. All of this and more. Orlando, take it away. All right. So I thought this was interesting. This came from eSeller365. <laughs> it's a reselling uh, news site. And uh, I don't know why this isn't in the eBay seller community. You know, the, the eBay one. That's the beauty of eBay always. They send out information, but it's never through one channel. Right. It's sometimes it's on the eBay for business podcast. Sometimes it's in your email. Sometimes it's on social media. You never know. You never know. So, so on here, there was a letter from the uh, latest uh, VP. Uh, it is from uh, Adam Ireland. He's the GM VP of eBay United States. And uh, he, it was basically a thank you to resellers in 2022. And he talked about a lot of things, you know, how this is the year that, he believes that more people are going to be looking uh, to buy secondhand, 
just because of, you know, inflation and the market and so on. And I thought this was interesting. So I'm, I'm going to read a few sections here and then uh, we'll discuss. So first of all, we talked about how resale traction has tripled since 2020 is predicted to reach 82 billion by 2026 with shoppers expected to shift more of their spending to pre-owned more than any other channel in the next four years. So he's expecting more eBay growth, which will more, more pre-owned pre-owned, but some of that will, will transition to eBay, which that's what happened in 08. Like eBay, eBay grew in 08 as a result of the recession, uh, cost consciousness, particularly in shaky e-com economic times is a key driver for resale. So is access to inaccessible items like luxury, where we found that nearly 70% of consumers turn to eBay because we are where the top shelf inventory is. And this is something that Mike and I have talked about how people are still going to be looking for collectibles. It's just going to be more of the top end of collectibles that people are going to be buying. Finally, let's not ignore the tilt towards sustainability. More than one third of eBay shoppers cite the environment as their main or secondary reason for shopping on eBay. Among the Gen Z consumer, this is the ones that Mike always says don't care about eBay. Yeah, there's not as many on eBay. Uh, <laughs> this is especially material with nearly 50% sharing the environmental concerns uh, that affect their decisions and 80% purchasing pre-owned goods in the past 12 months. E, uh, so, and then, then they throw in this fun fact. Did you know that Gen Z's use of eBay continues to rise? In a survey of Gen Zers in the US, 31% said they've purchased from us in the past three months, making them our second most popular generation on eBay, topped only by millennials at 33%. And among resale markets places used by Gen Z, eBay is ranked number one. Considering the oldest Gen Zers are just entering their mid 20s, this leaves lots of room for upward momentum. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to actually see the numbers, um, w what that looks like, because I've seen conflicting information as far as because you know how statistics are. You can always kind of manipulate them to look a certain way. Um, I, I'm, I'd be interested to see what that actually translates to, because I was just I, here's one thing I noticed the other day. And I talked about this uh probably sometime last year when I was watching some NASCAR races because I don't watch TV very often at all, but I noticed that there were eBay commercials. Like I'm almost never watch TV. The TV's never mm -hmm. on in my house. So I never see commercials, but I see some, some eBay commercials for eBay motors. I'm like, well, this is smart. Like this, I understand this. Like there's people watching NASCAR. The commercials are targeted towards car stuff, right? Car mm -hmm. parts, car thing. Like people who watch NASCAR, they're probably into cars. I'm like, this is good marketing. I, I appreciate this. Then I see on TV the other day, we turned the TV on for something and there was a commercial and I'm watching. I'm like, what is this commercial for? I'm like, I bet it's eBay. And it had something to do with like there being a bunch of fakes out there. And but like with our authenticity guarantee, never you never have yeah. to. And I'm like, all right, like, so there's commercials. But here's the thing, especially going back to that idea of Gen Zers, so many in that generation don't watch commercials at all on a TV. Probably have only seen a handful of commercials. I don't even do. It's all on YouTube and you, social media. Right. So that's the point I was trying to make is like, we've talked about things like whatnot, right? And you've talked about how successful whatnot's mm -hmm. been and like capitalizing on things like TikTok. So if Gen Z or if, if eBay still is in this mentality of like, we have to market, mm -hmm. how should we market? Let's make commercials. And then you get something like whatnot. That's like, let's play some influencers to be on TikTok, right? Like who's really going to capture the youngest generation? Like who's being the wisest in that? To me, it's like, a company still using uh, uh, Microsoft uh, 
word art in order to make a flyer to send out to like get business. Like here's my brochure. I used like Microsoft word art to make. It's like, we're so far beyond that. You can target your marketing now on Facebook ads. Like things have moved beyond that. And so to me, it seems like I don't, I, I have a hard time believing that eBay is doing as well as they could in targeting the youngest generation, the Gen Z buyers because I just, I still don't feel like they're that relevant. I feel like more of that generation are willing to do the trendy stuff, even if they're not as big and it's not as useful for us. Cause again, the Gen Zers don't have the money to be spending. So if you're a reseller, it's not that big of a deal right now, but in the next 20 years, wherever the Gen Zers are is where the money's going to be. And so I just hope eBay can figure out how to pull them in. See, and I think they are, I think it took them a little bit. Uh, Cause I, I do see more stuff on TikTok. They are doing more collaborations. I can't think of any right now, but they are doing I feel like an old, <laughs> old man saying this, but collaborators with younger artists that are, you know, more known in the TikTok space. Uh, but I, I agree with with the VP in the sense that if this is the case, if if their survey, you know, the stats are right, you know, that when they get into their 20s, they're going to have more money. And then when they get into their 30s, they're going to have more money. So that that's great for the longevity of reselling. Uh, and that also gives you an idea of what to source for, because whatever is popular now is going to go away, but it'll come back in 20 or 30 years. Right. So take note of if you're still reselling in 20, 30 years, you know, I'll be in my 60s. I'll probably still be reselling. It's going to be like Minecraft. It's going to be like 20 years from now, like old Minecraft stuff. It's going to be like no, the new Pokemon. I'm telling you, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. What, what Fortnite it is. skins. Cause it's, it's the kids now who don't have money, but like the toys that they're growing up on. Yeah. Once it's the same thing. Like Even with, the Fortnite games are money. Now, if you have, you can find a handheld Fortnite game. Like a disc, like it's worth money. Did they ever have discs? They did. They did. That's why there was money because like you, like they're, they're scarce. Like people haven't heard about them. So I thought that was encouraging. I, I still believe eBay is the number one platform uh, and will be for a long time as long as they keep, you know, moving with the culture. And I think they're, they're, they are doing that. And so, yeah, I thought that commercial was kind of interesting. <laughs> and but, you know. They're they're doing what they're doing what they, they they know to do, and so I think right now this also will lead to more people selling on eBay too. I think it's going to be both ends, and so but I, I I'm watching you know Depop is 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 popular amongst the younger generation, and I think Poshmark is Poshmark's having a terrible time right now. I, I see all kinds of people talking about like I'm done with Poshmark. Everybody is lowballing everybody. I, I also get annoyed with the Poshmark. You ever, you're on Poshmark. Do you get the messages? I Maybe your notifications aren't there, but I get the, there are always these like inspirational like quotes in the middle of the day. And I'm like, I don't want this. How about you let me know when somebody's looking at my item? That's all I want to know. Just, that's all I want to know. Anyway, so be encouraged. I do think uh, the VP is onto something as far as I do believe uh, that this is going to create sustainability in the business of reselling on eBay. All right, eBay International Shipping. I wanted to bring this up. We talked about this back in November on the Discord, but I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. Now, are you set up on eBay International Shipping yet? Uh, I don't think so. Neither am I. And I don't want to be. Yeah. So I'm going to explain why, because some of you are listening. So back in November, so this is from the eBay forum. And there's a lot of people that want to be in the new eBay International Shipping because there's a lot of benefits. One of them is your fees are down. And the other benefit is once it gets to this location, you don't even have to deal with the return at all. eBay will just refund you your money 
and they'll refund the buyer and you don't even have to, I guess you don't even get contacted about it. It just happens. Or maybe you do. And it all sounds great because there's more places that you can ship nearby. And so you're not always having to ship to Kentucky. There's all these benefits, but it was interesting because some people wanted to be part of the, you know, the beta program, the pilot program. And so they contacted eBay and so eBay messaged them because you're supposed to get an email. You're supposed to get an email and people didn't get it. So they are like, Hey, I want to be part of this. And so I thought this was interesting. So they would tell people in the messages, they said, before adding you to the pilot, we want to make sure you're also aware of a few temporary limitations. So as they're growing the program, they're putting some restrictions because they're trying to, you know, fill it out, see how it goes. This number one, one right here was the one that basically told me I'm not going to do it. <laughs> eBay international shipping currently only supports listings up to $150. We'll be increasing this limit as we expand the program. And it's like a beta test for sure. It is. And yeah, all my major sales overseas are always over 150 bucks. Yeah. That that's and it's beautiful when they go out there. It, that that is one of the things that makes it hard. Now it, it's possible if it ends up being cheaper shipping for the customers that you would have more sales under $150 mm-hmm. going over, true, right? Because that's that's kind of the trade-off. Like the reason why my like four to eight hundred dollar sales a lot of times are global shipping program is because the people who are willing to drop on like a model airplane or something are the people who have so much money that they don't mind spending $8,500 in shipping, which because the GSP can be pretty outrageous shipping. Now that might be skewing our perspective perspective on like, well, the higher end stuff goes overseas. So I don't want to lose those. Well, it's possible that if the shipping prices get lowered with this new program, that a lot more of the items in the sub hundred category that have been sitting for a while will start moving overseas because the people in Japan and Ireland and all these other places who've been kind of looking at these items like, yeah, I'd love to have that, but I'm not going to spend $80 on shipping. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, if the shipping goes down to $20 for them, it might be like, sure, I'll buy it. So, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of have to get the the. I, I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. If you've switched over to this new um, international shipping program, have you seen an increase in lower value item sales going overseas? See, I'm of the belief that if people are, if, if shipping is an obstacle for someone, I don't want them to buy from me. I just, I just don't like. I'll, that, that's not true at all, though, because you don't, you don't treat it that way with local stuff. Like it's because things can go locally at a decent price. But if you were to say like, if somebody, no, I don't sell locally, though. It's a waste of my time. No, no. When I, no, no. The point I mean locally is like in within the United States. Okay, okay. Domestically, okay. So, or or even closer, like when you're dealing with okay, like someone's closer to me, so the shipping's gonna be less if I'm doing mm-hmm. right. So you're not gonna say I'm gonna set my shipping to eighty dollars on everything because then I'm really gonna be able to bubble. No, no, no. I don't do that. It. Yeah, you're so, right. So you know that you want to be able to provide them the cheapest price possible with shipping. Correct, correct. But what I'm trying to say is. If I'm selling something that's over $150 and what's holding somebody back from buying my item is that they don't want to pay the amount of shipping, I don't want them to buy that item. Right. Because then that means they don't have the funds to buy it. Potentially. But you're now you're, you're stuck in that $150. The point I was making, though, is if they're limiting it to below $150, the thing that's holding people back from $80 items from you globally is they're not going to spend $80. Oh, no, I agree. It's, it's the same thing with uh, eBay international standard delivery right where if you ship to canada and you do gsp i get a lot of buyers that are like hey can you do something can you take it off gsp 
because it's a lot of import fees and selling fees to get into Canada. And I do, I oblige. And, and most, I think all of my clothing now is not GSP. It's eBay standard delivery, international standard delivery, uh, because it's cheaper. And so, yeah, you're right on that point. You're right on that point. What my point was, was I, I don't want the buyer that is going to nickel and dime me for shipping. Like, I don't care for that buyer because that buyer always ends up being a problem. I'm telling you, I've never had somebody who paid a lot of money for something ever argue with me about the shipping. No one that's dropping $500 is going, yeah, I don't know, $80 shipping. You know, I'd buy it if shipping was 40 bucks. Like I've never had that. Yeah. But again, you're, you're, you've got such a small selection of, of data because for instance, if I buy a camera or lens off of eBay and I'm spending $500, I still would rather spend $20 on shipping. And if I see the shipping price is some obnoxious price, I'm just not going to buy from them. Yeah. I just don't sell to people at my economic level. That's what I'm saying. Like people that buy those high end items for me, like they're uber wealthy. They're not me. I don't know. I don't know if I. It's people with disposable income. People that don't. Yeah, but they're still going to be concerned. Like. They're going to feel ripped off. I mean, it, I, if they're international, it makes sense because they know that there's all these extra fees going on. But I, I, I can't imagine if you're selling something domestically, it, you can just be like, well, this is a, a $500 plus item. So I can just put an obnoxious shipping and handling. Oh, no, I'm not saying do that. But I I don't set up that. I don't set up those fees. eBay set up those fees. But I've never. I mean, I, I remember in Brazil, I, I sold a pair of shoes to somebody for 350 bucks, and they paid $400 for shipping. They didn't, they didn't blink an eye. They never said anything. They're good with it. You know, that that's the buyer I want. Well, yeah, but you but the point I'm trying to make though is that's you just get lucky with those being the buyers that buy internationally, but you wouldn't have just put it, let's say low domestically, if you were selling those shoes, I'm gonna set the shipping price to four hundred dollars because then I know for sure whoever buys these has got so much money that they're not gonna care. Because then your chances of selling I've had I've had accidentally put stuff like it was like a train. And I, I put the wrong dimension. Make sure you always put the correct dimensions. Dimensions were like 24 by 18 <laughs> by 24 and like 18 pounds. And they paid a hundred something dollars for something that would have only cost like 20 bucks. And part of me wanted to message them, but I'm like, hey, if it's really a problem, don't message me. <laughs> Didn't matter. They, they're like, I don't care. Let us know in the comments. I'm interested. How many of you think that shipping does not matter if it's their high, their high end buyers? Let, let us know. Let us know what your experience is. I mean, you could the the point though is I would say is you wouldn't you wouldn't put your money where your mouth is on this. You wouldn't go in and put everything that you have currently in your store that's no, over five hundred dollars no. and put one hundred fifty no, or two hundred dollars. What I'm just saying is that when I sell high end items, the people that buy them don't nickel and dime me over shipping. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to try to rip people off. I'm just saying no one goes. Oh man, I don't know if I could afford that much. Like no one. Cause they're already dropping a ton of money. Yeah. The, I guess the point I'm trying to make those, if, if those prices have come down, it would still be a good thing for us because then oh, agreed. Th- more of an average person could buy things internationally. Agreed. But I, I don't believe average. And a lot of the average people that buy from us internationally are average income people. It costs a lot of money to ship stuff overseas. Right. That's the point I'm trying to make is if we can broaden our, our audience, if those prices were to come down, like that would be a valuable thing. Okay. That's fine. I just want to move on. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's, it is what it is. All right. Hey, um, but I called eBay today and I asked them a question. I said, Hey, listen, 
I'm trying to get clarity here. I'm still doing GSP. Is $150 still the threshold? And they said, no, it's expanded. In some markets, 2000 In some markets, this. But they couldn't give me a definitive answer. So everybody needs to make their decision as to whether they want to try to get into the program. I'm just going to wait it out. I'm going to wait for all the all the damage to be done. And then once that's done, hopefully they'll just transfer me over. Because it's supposed to be an automatic transfer. This is only if people are really urgent about trying to get into the program. So I'm not there yet. All right. I have a theory here. This isn't news. This is a theory. I want to hear your thoughts. So there are legitimate eBay VHS sales out there, right? We just had somebody in the discord and we'll, we'll probably share it as a hustle week, but they just sold a very valuable uh, VHS sealed for $700 that they picked up for a dollar. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if these are bolos, right? Like this is something, but then I look here and I'm looking at the top end and we're still dealing with black diamond. Right, we got Beauty and the Beast here that sold for $11,000 used. We got Chicken Little that sold for $15,000. <laughs> we got, what do we got here? Nightmare on, oh, this one's sealed. Okay. We got another Lion King for $10,000. We have Fox and the Hound for $10,000 used. <laughs> we got 101 Dalmatians. We got The Godfather, maybe, maybe. We got, look at this. We got Sesame Street. Imagine that VHS videotape used. Look at that box destroyed for $8,566. 11 bids. Okay, let, let's see if there's anything special here. There, there's nothing special about this one. I mean, did, did, did one of the Muppets, did one of the suspicious characters like commit a crime? Did they run for president? Like, I don't know. So my guess is the reason I bring this up, if you're a new seller, okay, you're a new seller, everybody always gets trapped with the black diamond VHS, right? They, they, this happened in our discord where somebody's like, Oh, I found these black diamond VHSs. And somebody had to be the bearer of bad news and go, actually, they're not worth anything. No, they were totally joking in the discord. No, no. There was somebody that was legitimate. I don't think so. Yeah. There was one person. I know who you're talking about, but there's somebody else that was on there and that was legitimate. I've also had, we've also had people on Instagram where we post it and people are like, Oh man, I think I have some of these in my attic and you have to slowly tell, you know, on the replay, I have to reply and go, Hey, please understand. This is just satire. Like these aren't worth any money. It's just a joke. So I'm looking through this. So be careful when you're out there searching comps because you may think that, you know, cause somebody has sold one for 500 or somebody has sold one for 800. That's worth a lot of money. Now there are graded ones that sell for good money, but even early in the year, so there was a star Wars, uh, new hope 1984 that people are like, Oh, this is going to sell for $60,000. It only sold for 6,000. Now still sold for 6,000 and it was graded. But be careful out there. Don't go out there dropping all kinds of money thinking that you're going to get a huge return because I do think it's the same Beanie Baby phenomenon, Black Diamond phenomenon of possible money laundering. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've talked about this ad nauseum. Even on these? Yeah. I mean, it's like the exact same thing we've talked about. Black, we've talked about Black Diamond, but there's new, there's new VHSs entering the fold here. Like, look at Toy Story. Two for three thousand dollars? No, come on now. Yeah, come on now. Anyways, all right. 
Oh, we had a tip from the caller, but we'll do that for next week. All right, that's all I got for reseller topics. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about some uh some profitable items here? Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? What's your bolo? Uh so <clears throat> I've talked in the past, my wife and I have done uh, a few runs to uh, like outlet malls and been able to pick up some Lululemon stuff that's been on clearance, which has been pretty profitable. And one of the items, and I hope I'm not killing anybody's market right now. We've done this a few times uh, and it's it's been pretty successful, but it's just not an area where I like to spend as much of my time anymore. Uh, but Lululemon has these fanny packs that are, for whatever reason, they sell at a pretty decent price for Lululemon. It's only like $35 brand new, which for their stuff is like pretty incredible that they have something that cheap. I think they're pretty overpriced, but $35 for a new fanny pack, but they oftentimes go out of stock. Like this is for whatever reason, an item, or at least over the last year or so that they've not been able to keep in stock. Hmm. Uh, they, they'll get them in stock. They'll be in stock for a few weeks and then they're out of stock for months. And once they go out of stock, they're flipping on eBay and Amazon and other places like where people are selling them used or not used, but you know, second market for 85 to hundred dollars. Okay. And so if you're willing to potentially buy them when they're in stock, sit on them for a little while and then they go out of stock. Now it's one of those things that you could at some point get stuck because they could figure out their system and then now they're never out of stock, right? Like you, you do the big bulk order. Like I'm going to buy a hundred of these because they keep going up. And then all of a sudden they've figured out that their inventory system on that. And now they're never out of stock again forever. Or like, maybe they purposely have been creating, yeah, creating the scarcity to, to drive up the demand. So you, you got to be careful. I, I say with things like that. Um, and and I, the reason I bring this up is because it's just one example of something like this that you can do. If you notice that there is a, a designer or a clothing brand or something that has a hot item, whether it's a lanyard, whether it's a, purse with something like that that is you know somewhat accessible um and then they go out of stock or they're limited edition it could be worthwhile picking these up as almost like replenishables again though at some point you could be stuck with them so i i say if you're going to dip your toes in the water on something like this um buy in small quantities that way if you do get stuck you can break even over time and you're not stuck with hundreds of them so potentially i'd say uh, Anywhere from five to 10 is a good number to kind of figure out. And if you're doing that with multiple items, you'll be good. Uh, but what really does well, um, I, like I think right now they still have some black Lululemon um, fanny packs in stock, but occasionally they'll come out with like a new design, hmm. like a different print, something like that. When those come out, those are the ones that for sure are going to go out of stock quicker. So yeah, if you can pick up a few of those and... Uh, um, we're going to get a couple of people messaging saying, you just killed my market, but uh, sorry. All uh, right. What's your bolo? So hey, this market can't be killed because it just, it's random if you find it. Uh, so this was an interesting one. I had about two months ago, I was at a garage sale that I almost missed and I bought a bunch of just figures and they were Hawthorne Village. So Hawthorne Village is like Department 56. Or any of those like Christmas, like, you know, towns. And I just bought the figures and I bought, I paid $8 for everything. And I didn't know what I had. I kind of was like, you know, I I talked on Instagram stories that, hey, these are, you know, you can sell these each for like 10 a piece or something. It's crazy because I paid $8 and I had about 23 of them and they all sold and I made almost $300 from the $8 purchase. 
So they're just little figures, like an inch and a half or two inches. And, you know, if it's something that you come across and, and it's easy, it's easy to take pictures, it's easy to ship. And people are looking for this. So let's say, you know, for example, I've sold before Mr. Christmas. Uh, it's a bolo, by the way. Mr. Christmas has like an ice skating rink. And in this ice skating rink, there's like 20 figures. And let, you know, for a reason, I, I brought this up with the nativity set last podcast. You know, the dog comes in and, and decides to eat one of them. Right. You're like, no, there goes, you know, the, the Salvation Army choir. And you want that. Like people are looking for it and they'll pay like anywhere from 10 to $20 for just that little figure. So keep an eye on those. Don't discount those. Like you may see them in a bag at the thrift. You may see them at a garage. So you may, there may be a department 56 item and maybe, you know, it's missing its lamp or maybe the, you know, the building itself is missing pieces, but there's about 15 figurines in there. You can parse those out and you may, you know, turn that, whatever that is, you know, you may sell all 15 for 10 bucks a piece and that's $150. And so I was just kind of shocked. I sold every single one of them, every single one of those pieces sold within two or three weeks. And so, yeah, now I'm just going to keep an eye out. And again, not big sellers. You don't want to flood your store with these unless you have a ton of them, but even department 56, I'm looking at, there's a dog here that sold for $10. There's, uh, you know, some dad opening a gift and his kids like, Hey, can I get the gift for $25 for a little figure? Uh, I sold like a truck for, you know, 20 bucks and you just, you, you never know. So it could be Hawthorne village. It could be department 56. It could be Mr. Christmas Lemax too. There's some Lemax figures that sell for good money. So definitely keep an eye out on those. All right. Hey, before we move on, if you're looking for a great place to source, uh, one of the things I had mentioned last uh, podcast I wanted to do was a weekly auction. We're already week one and I failed, uh, but just because things got busy. But if you haven't jumped over one, it's a great place to source items. Uh, it's also a great place to pick up things that you want. And if you haven't had a chance, you can uh, go to our whatnot link below, get a free $15 and you'll be able to pick up something for free. And maybe you pick up that item and you sell it and you make Nice profit. So going over to our whatnot link below and uh, catch us on whatnot. If you haven't followed us on whatnot yet, make sure to follow us. I'm sure Mike at one point, maybe we'll do some uh, whatnot auctions as he's trying to offload inventory. So who knows? All right. So what are you looking forward to here? Yeah. Uh, I find after Christmas is a pretty good time for people to try and offload some of the items that they have. Um, garage sales, probably most of the country is not going to be very good because it's super cold, but one of the benefits of living in San Diego is the weather. And because of that, I feel like garage sales are pretty much a year round thing here. And I find that after something like Christmas, it's almost like early spring cleaning in a way where people have just gotten a whole bunch of new toys for their kids. They've gotten a whole bunch of new toys for them, new TVs, new this, new that, new stereo systems. And so because of that, old stuff tends to make it onto offer up, make it into garage sales. So I'm kind of looking forward to the garage sales over the next month or so, because I feel like it's the, Hey, I got a whole bunch of new stuff, got to get rid of the old stuff. And so they're less, they're less attached to it, which means prices go down and you can make and negotiate much better deals. So yeah, hopefully uh, able to source some good things. And my sourcing criteria has definitely stricter now than it used to be. So I, I don't pick up as much as I used to pick up, but when I do pick up things, I know it's very profitable. So excited for some, uh, some, Sweet garage sale time. Christmas presents. That's right. What about you? Here you go. 
so I'm trying to start off the year well, and I got to tell you, Quicken was terrible for me. I just, I can't stand it. I don't like it. The interface, the just, just not my thing. So I'm looking uh, for a new uh, bookkeeping solution. Or you can just figure out how to use it. Like, nah, it's a grown up system. It is, I'm sure, but it's not reseller friendly. So I, I may, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, reseller genie, the, the creators that have reached out to us. So I, I might engage with them and maybe they'll be one of our uh, future sponsors or we'll have a code for people. Cause people are always looking. I'm not the only one. I've had several people tell me I tried Quicken and just, I'm done. I just, it just, it's not helping them. So I, I need something that I can easily use every day. Uh, and so I'm looking for something else. And then uh, I also got to restock my shipping supplies. <laughs> I am so low on that. So it's a good time to do that. And then I'm just looking for more local deals. Uh, you know, right now, garage sale season, there will be garage sales, but things don't really get to like a really good place until April. I was looking at last year's garage sales and it's it's always March, April. Like those are those were my biggest buys. And so I'm trying to just fill in the gap in between that time. Uh, and because uh, I also like to hunt. So I, I'm just like you. I just can't wait to go out there and get back into garage sales uh, and just find some good deals. So hopefully all of you are finding some good deals. Hopefully sales are coming through for you. Stay focused on your business. 2023 is going to be a great year. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.